It's the Sarah Rose story. I'm Glenn Klein. Sarah, what's your story? Hey, Glenn. Good afternoon. The story today is no fap. No what? No what? No, no fap. What the hell is that? Dude, I fucking hate it. I just can't even deal. <laughs> Uh, so this came up on actually the last episode that we recorded um, just briefly and I wanted to go into it more on this episode because I honestly didn't feel one and I even said this on the episode that like I just didn't have enough information about it. So I spent some time this week researching it, looking more into it so I could speak better. I don't like to talk about things when I'm like, I I don't know 100% what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So I don't like to put information out there that I haven't actually researched. So this week I did my research and here we are. <laughs> so, all right, no fap. Um, are you a fan of fapping? I'm a big fan of fapping. <laughs> fan of fapping. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fap fan. I'm a fabulous fap fan. So, is it called fapping for women, or is that just a guy thing? I think it's pretty much a guy thing because it's it, it's from the sound that masturbating makes the. Fap, 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 fap. I mean, I th theoretically a woman could make that type of sound, but I think it, typically my experience <laughs> has told me and has shown me that women masturbating sounds a little different than when men, men masturbate. All right, so so this is a men's thing. All right, so I guess um, I guess I am a no fapper then. <laughs> I don't fap. You don't fap? Well, I don't fap if if you know to fap means I have to make that sound. Oh no, when I, 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 th I think it's I think the the, <laughs> the term fapping or no fapping refers to ma no masturbating because that's the sound because we know you fap. <laughs> <laughs> definitely i definitely masturbate but i you know the fat part i just don't know <laughs> if the fat part is happening <laughs> well record it and blade for us the next episode will you please <laughs> okay but i'll let you all be the judge <laughs> is this fapping <laughs> and at what level you know it's, it would be like the olympics you know how they have the russian judges and the you know it's a 4.7 and they're on a 10. That's a 10 fap right there. Oh, my God. I loved it. Actually, one of my friends sent me um, a screenshot of, like, I guess it was a meme. And it was, like, okay, if there's casual, ca the term casual sex implies that there's competitive sex. I was, like, oh, my God. I totally have competitive sex. <laughs> He's, like, yeah, there should be, like, this should be in the Olympics, competitive sex. <laughs> Absolutely it should be. So, well, we, know, as we know, are... you've dedicated your life uh, partially to having great sex, and all great sex is competitive if it's great. Right. right. I mean, anything that you are leveling up, that you're really practicing hard at, that you're like, you know, I want it to be better next time than it won before, that's competitive, right? Well, and at its core, sex between men and women is a tug of war, if you think about it. There's a pushing, there's a pulling. Somebody's on top, somebody's on the bottom. I mean, it's a, it's it, there's a competitive element to it, and you're both competing against each other and with each other. So you're on the same team, and yet you are also opponents. It's it's sex is a wonderful thing. <laughs> 
I think it's probably part of that, you know, competitive part of it that makes us really like it also. There's a human instinct in us where we, we want to, to be the winner. I think that has a lot to do with the no-fat movement, frankly, because, think- because we, we want to have mastery over our own body. That plays into the psychology of the history of making sex a forbidden thing. And so this is one area where you could have a competitive element and have dominance over your own body. And I think that some of these things sometimes get out of balance. Yeah. So, as you know, one of my uh, buddies lives with me and um, he comes home the other day and he's like, yeah, I was starting this no fap thing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you doing this? So we get into this whole debate about it. And this actually came after our podcast last week. And it was, it was almost like he read my mind, right? And um, and he's like, well, there's a lot of research backing it. I'm like, show me the research. Can't show me any research, right? Like, <laughs> everything's anecdotal. There's nothing that's like actual research um, showing that the benefits of this. Uh, and so he's like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. So next thing I know, he can't fucking sleep at all. <laughs> he's dying. Cause you know, he's just got all this pent up sexual energy and he's like, you know, no masturbation, no sex. And so, um, so yeah, that was just like really funny. And I was like, and so when he told me that, he's like, yeah, I haven't been sleeping. And I was like, oh my God. And that's probably what happened to me because, um, like I had gone a period of like a couple weeks without any sex. And I mean, I was masturbating, but I was also really busy. And so I wasn't masturbating daily and I was not sleeping and like I would wake up and I was just like hot my body was just hot and that's what he told me was happening to him he's like he's like I had to go get in the shower I was so hot I couldn't <laughs> so I'm like well if that is the uh the benefit of no fap then I'm definitely even m- less on board than I was before um so I uh think that he he ended his his no fap thing did you, do, you have, but, do, you, do you ever watch seinfeld it's been a long time they but I ha- have seen seinfeld the four of them so you have jerry george costanza kramer and elaine sitting around in the coffee shop and they're talking about how it is way more important for men to masturbate than women and that it's very difficult for men not to masturbate so they have it's a classic episode. And when you think that it was, you know, over 20 years ago that they were doing this on television, on network television. And so they all make a bet who will be the last not to masturbate. And every t- and of course they're going through the same thing that your roommate went through, the same type of things. They can't sleep, they're irritable. <laughs> and, and and so what they do is every time somebody caves in the bet, they just show that person sleeping soundly in the next scene. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you you, you can't, when you're trying to go to sleep or take a nap, you want to have a more restful night's sleep or a more restful nap, take care of yourself, fellas. I'm telling you. Ladies, too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, well, I mean, there's actual research on it, you know, and it definitely shows that masturbation improves mood, it's better sleep, 
Uh, there's stress and tension relief, relief from menstrual cramps, lower risk of prostate cancer. I mean, it's good for us. And, you know, even masturbation in childhood, masturbation in adolescence, um, like it helps with healthy self-image and positive sexual experiences. And so it's an important part of us. I mean, it's such a normal thing, like even in utero, Babies have been seen through ultrasounds of um, of masturbating, like in the womb already at that point. So it's a very normal thing, uh, you know. And there's, for from my perspective, it's really just more sex shaming. This whole nofap movement, um, and I guess the way from what I found. The way that this began was that there was a study that uh, was shared showing that um, by not ejaculating for seven days, it increased testosterone levels by 45.7%. So, I mean, that's, that's a huge percentage, right? I mean, definitely, like, that's going to get some attention, especially... There are so many guys now that are really concerned about their testosterone levels, um, you know, and, and how that may be contributing to erectile dysfunction and things like that. So I can understand why a guy would see that study and be like, oh, okay, great. So if it, if it increased by not ejaculating for seven days, then I should do this for like 30 days and it'll be even better, right? So, I mean, there just hasn't been anything to show that beyond a few days uh, that there's actual benefit to guys. So, um, you know, if you're out there listening to this and you have been, you know, not uh, masturbating because you want to increase your testosterone, there are many other ways to increase testosterone. It doesn't have to be just by not masturbating. And if you want to go a few days, you know, totally fine. But the research shows that there's so many benefits to masturbation. So I, as a professional and looking at the research that I've seen, wouldn't recommend going more than a few days. What are some of the ways that, other than taking supplements, that one could increase their testosterone naturally? Uh, well, by working out, I mean, that's a great way, um, but you want to do like strength training, things like that. Uh, and then also, uh, I'm a huge fan of cryotherapy. It's getting in the cryo chamber with the uh, nitrogen gas and it, um, you can, so ice baths are traditionally what have been used, but cryotherapy makes it easier. Like, I don't really know who has time to go fill up a bathtub with ice cubes every day. <laughs> I certainly don't. So I just like run up to the cryo place and I'm in their chamber for three minutes and, you know, it, that, um, increases testosterone. Uh, so there are, you know, there's some ways to go about it. And, but those are two besides supplements that are, you know, really, do help a lot. How expensive is that? Mm, well, if you just depends on where you go, and if you get a like an unlimited pass, which I definitely recommend. Like if you're going to do it, do it. You know, it doesn't do you any good to just go in there like one time. So um, I tend to go several 
days a week to get mine done. Uh, and I think the unlimited pass, depending on where you go, it's like between two and $300 a month, which really isn't bad when you break it down if you go every day. Well, and you compare that to uh, getting injected, for example, with synthetic testosterone, it's really quite economical. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are supplements, natural supplements, too, that you can do that help uh, without having to do synthetic testosterone. But I don't really like to um, recommend too many things just because there's so many regulations around supplements um, that <laughs> I don't like to get myself in trouble with all that stuff. Right. But the information's out there, fellas. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, if you want to increase your testosterone naturally, uh, continue to listen to the show, and that's going to help for sure. But also do some research for yourself, just like Sarah researched the no-fapping movement before you know we launched into a whole program about it. The information is out there. The challenge is real in living in the technological information age. We are bombarded with information. That's on the one side of the coin. On the other side of the coin, it's a huge blessing. I mean, we've literally, the information of the ages is at our fingertips. It's just a click away. Yeah. Well, in another part of the NoFap movement uh, has gone beyond masturbation and also um, to no porn. And, you know, we've talked about porn quite a bit. Um, but again, it's like there's just so much research that shows the benefits or potential benefits of porn. Uh, and so it's, it's hard to, <laughs> again, say abstain from porn. I will say, like, I am definitely getting on calls with guys every single day of the week and they're telling me how they um, have less sensitivity from chronic masturbation, from chronic porn use, uh, things like that. But if you're, it's just like with anything, right? If you're going to drink too much Starbucks or too much caffeine, um, like it is going to impact you. If you do anything too much, it's going to have a negative impact at some point. So just be aware of keeping the balance in your life. Like that is really what is important. Being conscious of the choices that you make. And it isn't that there's not, I mean, there are definitely things out there that are absolutely detrimental, but most of what is available to us, if it's done in moderation, if it's done with conscious awareness, it's going to be all right. You know? <laughs> and a lot of things are actually really good for us. So, um, you know, there's the, uh, um, what I found out also, and I did not know this at all about the NoFap movement, but it seems like there's some confusion around semen retention and NoFap. So I did want to go into that and clarify uh, that they're not the same thing. So semen retention is the practice of avoiding ejaculation. Uh, and this is something in Tantra communities that you will probably hear referred to. Uh, and so you can have sex, you can masturbate, and still not ejaculate. And in Sex Stallion Training and A Man on Fire, my programs, I teach guys how to do this. So um, 
you know, this, this is something that many guys like to, to be able to learn. So they have control over their ejaculation, whether or not they ejaculate, but you can still absolutely have the physical benefits, the endorphins going through your body, uh, of the sexual experience of the pleasure, like all that goodness and still, you know, do that. And so it's different than no fap. Um, I will say from uh, the tantric lineage that I come from uh, and that I teach from, I actually don't teach semen retention. Uh, and modern science does back this up that ejaculating is really healthy for men. So uh, I definitely encourage guys with their tantric practices to still ejaculate. Uh, but there are different... Um, mindsets in different tantra communities that you know do lean more towards the semen retention one thing you can take to the bank to the sperm bank if you will <laughs> if, it, if it's natural it's probably healthy for you obviously ejaculating and relieving yourself is natural that's that, that, that's a healthy thing getting sunshine very natural, very good for you. But we then, as history has marched on, we learn things. For example, masturbating too much can become obsessive. Burning the fuck out of your skin is not healthy. There, there was almost no skin cancer in Western society up until World War II. Because everybody was covering themselves up. Because that was the way, the only people that had color was the people that were impoverished. Colored people, so-called, field workers. So if you'll remember, you guys, that when movies first started, not only were only white people appearing in films, but they were also making themselves look even whiter. They were pasting their faces white. Because that was the sign of affluence. That was the sign of wealth. But then what happened? After World War II, all the guys came over that had been spending, that survived, obviously, the, uh, the war. They had been in Africa and in Southeast Asia, the Pacific, if you will. Europe outside for all that time. They came back tan. And just like after 9-11... When everybody wanted to wear NYPD t-shirts and order the uh, New York firefighter hats and to support and to honor our heroes, everybody instantly went from wanting to be as white as possible to being as tan as possible. So what did we do? Here came the reflector shields, the tanning with baby oil. This was not wise. <laughs> this was not a good idea. And all of a sudden, a massive increase in skin cancer. But not because the... Uh, um, what's what's a layer in the atmosphere? The uh, the uh, ozone layer. The ozone layer was depleted. It couldn't have depleted that much, but because we weren't tanning wisely, I know this because we own a tanning saloon, the world's only sports bar for tanning we own in Tampa, Florida, the Sun Bar. And so I've done all this research. Do you, do you know that every disease known to modern medicine is less? south of the Mason-Dixon line, 
or the Sun Belt than it is the North. Less skin cancer in the South. Why? Because that's the source of vitamin D. It's natural to get sunshine. You just want to have it in balance. It's natural to ejaculate. If you, if you, right now, Sarah, we're finding babies having jaundice and diseases that they we never saw before in our culture in, in any society because the mothers are glomming on the sunblock right from the get go, not exposing their kids to any sunshine at all, and so everything needs to balance out. When people go into the no fapping movement and they're cutting out ejaculation. That's not healthy, but nor maybe is it healthy to ejaculate five or six times a day every day either. Yeah, I mean, really, it is just like how how are you feeling? You know, how does your body feel whenever you don't ejaculate or when you do ejaculate? You know, some some people are reporting anecdotally like really great experiences with the no fap, and it's like great. You know, if it's working for you, then do it um you know, it's like to each her to each your own um you know but there's definite benefits of masturbation of sex of orgasm of ejaculation like we there is proven benefits to these things um this no fap thing is a pretty recent phenomenon um and it doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be harm that's going to cause you harm. Um, but, you know, if the research shows that by ejaculating, you're less at risk for prostate cancer, then you might want to take that into consideration. So just looking at both sides of it is, you know, important. But going back to your uh, son the suntan thing i did i had never heard that part about um with the war uh, i always thought that we had gone in that direction because it began to show affluence because it meant you had time to go on vacation you had the money to go you know to a, a beach vacation and be out there you know on the lake or whatever uh and so that's where i thought the shift came in well, well that that's where it evolved to, but when the guys came back from the Pacific and from Africa and Europe after World War II, some of them were prominent people. Some of them were movie stars because they went they went were in the army too. Those were the ones being seen, and then all of a sudden, here came the mimicking of people who you look up to. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just it, it's I well, I used to own a summer camp, a resident summer camp. And I wanted to make a, a, a point to my administration. And we had 200 boys. It was a sports camp for boys in, in northern Wisconsin. And so I had my assistant directors of about six guys who everybody looked up to. And they were assistant directors for a reason because they were natural leaders. And mm. all I did, I didn't say a word to anybody except for the six of them. I had them put on green bandanas one day. I said, we're not going to say one word to it. We're just going to put you, you guys in green bandanas. You can wear it any way you want. You can wrap it like a headband. Or you can wear it as a bandana or around your neck, whatever you want. And we're going to put them in the camp store without saying a word to anybody. I had three quarters of the camp in green bandanas within five days without saying one word to anybody about it. Yeah. Because that's what the, <laughs> that's what the cool guys were wearing. Well, everybody was tan. And the sun is the source of life. There's all kinds of reasons and uh, 
the, the motivations for doing things and for promoting certain things. The dermatology industry does tanning. They, they, they call it light therapy for acne and psoriasis and eczema. They charge, they call it light therapy. They charge the insurance companies or their patients $70 for a session, 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. At the Sun Bar, you can get a tanning session for sixty-six cents. <laughs> so, of well, course, and I, we, we, we've had reports of people saying that this saved them from suicide because, yeah. in the same way that sex releases the endorphins and such, so many wonderful stress managing uh, managing hormones, so does exposure to sun. Moderate, wise exposure. You want to hydrate. You want to moisturize your skin. You want to have it. You don't want to burn the fuck out of your skin. Just like when you do jiu-jitsu. You don't want to get hurt. You want to get in shape. So if you, if you do things wisely and with experience, things that are health and life producing are going to benefit you like masturbating. But there, there's, and there's a whole uh, pleasure police that if so, there, there's, a, there's a segment of society that if people are enjoying something, they're going to they're want to come against it. While it is true that no fapping movement is a relatively new phenomenon by name because it's kind of a cool 21st century, you know, hip name, no fapping. You know, somebody thought of that. It's pretty, pretty good, actually. Good marketing, good branding. <laughs> but this is as old as religion. Religion has been trying to get people to stop enjoying their genitalia since day freaking one. Right. And yeah, that, and, I mean, and, this and, is just more of the same, and just I, a new name on it. And I think that the guys who fail to know FAP <laughs> feel bad about it. This is they another do. They reason. feel like they fail. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Fuck that They're shit. They're like, oh, shit, there is something wrong with me. I couldn't even go 30 <laughs> days without masturbating or having sex or watching porn. I do have a compulsive disorder. <laughs> it's like... No, you're human. You're c- compulsive <laughs> like, to want to feeling bad about yourself. That's what you have. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that really, really is something that uh, is deep, deeply ingrained in us. Is this just this tendency to make ourselves wrong, that to make ourselves feel bad, and that is why I love. In tantric activation, it's about how can we feel good? How can we have pleasure? How can we be conscious around our pleasure? Um, and really having a community uh, around that. Because many people feel like they have a compulsive sexual behavior and they're looking for support, you know? And so they're going to the NoFap community so they can be part of a community and get support. So just knowing that that isn't your only option, right? Like there's other places that you can go for support um, that will that will support you in another way. You know, like there's, there is another option and we have a great community in man on fire, like a really great brotherhood guys supporting each other. Uh, and that is, you know, that's a, that's a place where you can go where you can begin to reprogram your body and your brain to experience sexuality and pleasure in a new way a way that feels really good you can release the negative not release it's not the right word but like reprogram your brain so you no longer have the negative conditioning that is tied to guilt and shame when it comes to pleasure and that is really what tantric activation is about like how can we celebrate our pleasure how can we use our pleasure to give us a 
better life? Like, how can we use it to make us healthier, happier, have better relationships? And that, you know, so in just even if it's a better relationship with yourself, that's a big part of it as well. It doesn't have to be a better relationship with somebody else because a relationship with your yourself, that's the longest one you're going to have. <laughs> it's the only one you're going to have your entire life. So having that community, knowing that there are, you know, other sources available. Um, and definitely I encourage guys all the time, talk to your doctor. Like if you feel like you are really struggling, talk to a doctor and that's, it's an important, um, thing for guys to know that they can talk to their doctors about their sex lives. Um, many of those, many times the doctors tell the guys, okay, well, there's really nothing wrong with you <laughs> physically. Go find a sex therapist or sex coach. And, um, you know, but oftentimes they are able to help and we can work together. Like I've definitely worked with guys that are also working with their doctors. So, you, there's people out there. There are other ways to go about it. You don't just have to, you know, go into a very rigid way of denying yourself pleasure and natural tendencies, natural urges. Like it's, you don't have to, it's just like that, that spirit of, of denying ourselves doesn't it doesn't create a life of juiciness and <laughs> excitement and love and passion you know it's just of um and it's one another thing like in the no fat movement i what i've heard is like these guys are trying to channel that sexual energy and that's great and that's definitely tantric in philosophy is like how we can you know, harness that sexual energy, but it's not through denial. It's through, it's through actually like learning how to move that sexual energy through your body. And there's like specific tantric practices that you can use to help you learn that. Um, so just with that being said, there's more than one way to go about the different, uh, things that the nofap movement are trying to accomplish when you trace people who are obsessive about sex let's just t talk about sex which is one of our passions <laughs> to do <laughs> if you if you if you trace the history men or women that are compulsive and obsessive about sex you can almost always trace it back to they were either raised in a atmosphere that sex was a bad thing or they were abused and they feel bad about the abuse, and it comes out in sexual, uh, I hate to use the word promiscuity, but obsession, and, and, and not having control over their own sexuality. Uh, I just rewatched Forrest Gump uh, the other day. What, what, a, what a great freaking movie that is. But of course, Jenny uh, was abused, sexually abused by her father, and she ends up having this life of uncontrollable sex until she finally gets her shit together and then apparently dies of AIDS at the end. <laughs> not a really happy ending for Jenny. But I, I think that it's not just a question of uh, coming to a place of being able to uh, pour your sexual energy in other areas. You, you have to pour it back on yourself. It's, 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 it's a self-awareness. It's a self-acceptance that allows one to be at peace with oneself, and then you can have more con self-control. 
over whatever area of your life, whether it be sex or eating or exposing yourself to sunshine. Yeah, self-love is where it's at. Yeah. And there's a way to get there, fellas. I mean, Man on Fire is an incredible way. And, and I mean, you talk about testimony after testimony of guys whose lives have literally been transformed through the transformative process of Man on Fire. So just, you know, stay plugged into all, all the resources and uh, you'll, you will continue to benefit. But, I, you know, obviously the uh, tendency towards feeling bad about masturbating is, is very much out there. But one of the things you mentioned, Sarah, was the not only the physiological uh, and psychological benefits of regular and healthy sexuality and masturbation, but it literally could save one's lives. We have seen an increase of prostate cancer because men are living longer, but their sex drive stops for a number of reasons, and they stop jerking off. That alone would be a reason to continue to masturbate on the regular. Yeah. I mean, well, I, there was a guy, there's a guy in the course and he, um, wasn't really getting a whole lot out of man on fire. Like he still wasn't feeling the sensations in his body. And I was like, all right, let's get on the call and figure out what's going on here. So I get on a call with him and he really had a lot from the no fap stuff and also from the tantric communities of um, semen retention, that messaging, he had a lot of information about that aspect of it. And I was like, look, I come from a different background, a different philosophy and use it or lose it, dude. <laughs> like I let him know the studies around that. And, um, he was so excited to report back this last week that he was, he, he was masturbating every day. He was able to ejaculate, like he was able to get an erection every day. And that like, he was so lit up, like just the change in him in one week was amazing and he's doing tantric masturbation practices it's not habitual masturbation it's not unconscious masturbation like he's doing these very specific tantric practices and it's in one week completely changed his entire outlook and demeanor and what he's feeling in his body so that was really exciting to to see him um to go through that in in just that week time so, have you um, overcome your insomnia? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been doing much better. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> What's her name? What's her name? I should say. No, I don't know. You know, of course, you won't say. But uh, so you you found a difference between the benefits, and you you said you were busy and you were just kind of fitting in uh, some taking care of yourself. But the benefits psychologically, physiologically of being with somebody was significantly more beneficial for some reason. Why do you think that was? Uh, yeah, well, um, I mean, I definitely really like this person. Uh, but, I mean, I haven't seen her a ton. Uh, so it's, you know, a lot of me still pleasuring myself but it's just yeah it's nice to have both have you been in more in touch with her than you were prior 
Yeah, well, I met her back in, I think, April or May and really liked her then, but my life has just been insane. So, like, from May through December, I didn't even date, like, at all. And I actually, we, we talked about that in one of the episodes, maybe, like, three weeks ago or something, like, just that I hadn't even been dating and I was like, I think maybe that episode made it click for me. Like, all right, it's time to start, like, get back out there and do it. And it's not that I haven't been having sex because I have lovers that I'm able to have sex with without dating. Um, but it, I was like, okay, well, I was feeling like maybe I needed to, like, have different people in my life, maybe increase my pool of potential <laughs> lovers. Uh, and so... Um, uh, yeah, I contacted her and we went out and it was really great. Got to see her a couple of times and then I'm going to see her again this weekend. So there, but, there's something beneficial to the human psyche about sharing one's life with somebody else. It's stress relieving. Now it's also stress producing if it's out of balance. And so you have all these beautiful ox, uh, endorphins and the oxytocin, the serotonin, and all the adrenaline, all these wonderful things firing off that allows one to sleep better, for example. But that's on the, that's on the one side of the coin. On the other side of the coin, one does not want to be totally dependent on somebody else for your sense of well-being. We need both. So what you're saying, it sounds like, uh, Coach, is that you've brought that element back into your life in a balanced way and have benefited from that. Yeah, I still don't have time to see her more than every couple of weeks. Um, you know, for me, that's fine. And I've, I actually have a date set up with a guy um, tomorrow night. So I've got that date set up and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so, But it's just kind of fun to be out there meeting people again doing some of the dating stuff. Uh, I will say with her though, like when I just have a, it's a really easy connection. Um, and what I've noticed is that uh, there's so much with the man woman connection right now that is just off in society that makes it, it makes it difficult a lot of time to, to date each other. And it's really sad and it sucks uh, and I'm hoping to to do my part to to change it and to heal this rift between the masculine and the feminine, um, you know. But it's definitely something that's there. Like it's not an easy connection a lot of the time um, when you're trying to get to know somebody uh, and you're dating. It's like um, there's a lot of insecurity there's a lot of inhibition there's a lot of preconceived ideas that come up uh just i just felt like with being with a woman none of that was there and it literally felt like dating did when i was in high school you know where it was just easy and not thinking about all that stuff when you're just kind of young and stupid and you just are enjoying it for <laughs> for what it is uh and i don't i haven't found that with men in quite a while 
Well, so, um, and I don't think it's me I, because I hear this oh, from no, men it's, it's and I hear this you. from women. Like it's, the, it's part of the culture right now. It, because women are so suspicious of men. Well, but men are also very suspicious of women. It goes both ways. It does, but but it's 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 from a different standpoint, of course. Well, it's- I I mean, I'll just give you this example. This really turned me off. I, I matched with a guy on a dating site, and it wasn't the first time I've gotten this. But literally, the second thing he says to me, um, just the message was, "What are you looking for?" Just like that, and I was just like dude, like, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) I'm here to meet somebody, you know, but it just like, it just really struck me as like, he was suspicious, you know, like, what are your intentions? What are you here for? And there's, there's a lot of that from both women and men. It doesn't just, it's not just one or the other. No, no doubt about it. But what I'm saying is that the women's suspicion has been a historical, there's a historical base for it. The men's suspicion is a relatively recent phenomenon as a response to the women finally being able to have their suspicion boil over to society. I mean, guys don't know what the fuck to do right now. And so they're very nervous. They're very on edge. They're very suspicious. And but and but women have a historic reason for this. This is a new phenomenon for guys, but it does not make for a good atmosphere for dating, generally speaking. Spe- to, to, which speaks to how valuable the man on fire and the sex stallion training is, uh, fellas. Because with that information, you can overcome this bullshit. See, I mean, Sarah already knows this. The guy she was talking to didn't. Or he, you know what? You know how I know this, Sarah? Because he wouldn't have asked that question if he did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, there's a like I said, I'm have a date tomorrow night, and this guy seems super cool. Um, you know, there hasn't been like any weirdness at all in our interaction. So I'm not saying it isn't possible. Um, I haven't met him in person yet, but so far our communication has been pretty easy, and so I'm I'm actually really looking forward to the date. And so ends another rendition of Story Time with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need to get these segments uh, sponsored, if, right? If you'd like totally. to sponsor Story Time with Sarah, we would be happy to take your emails at hello at tantricactivation dot com. How about we dive headfirst into the Ask Professor Sarah mailbag? You ready for that? Absolutely. All right. Our first uh, email comes from Lenny, who uh, is residing in San Jose. Uh, he says, Sarah, based on your episode Fit Sex, which do you think is more important in maintaining uh, mental health, healthy sexuality or healthy diet? Uh, which is more important for mental health? Yeah, for ma- ma- men- for maintaining mental health, Lenny asks. Uh, healthy sexuality or... I mean, they're both important, right? Well, of course, but uh, which is more important? I, I mean, I would say probably diet, though. Yeah, like diet, bad diet is really going to bring you down. So bad sex can bring you down too, but diet, I mean, that's what you're made up of. Yeah, I I think that eating even in whether you're training or uh, wanting to have a healthy sexual life, uh, I would say eating is probably 80% of it. 
Yeah, and I mean, you're, what what you eat is going to impact your sexuality. So if you're eating quality foods, you'll have a higher sex drive. You'll have better sex anyway. So eat healthy, and then have healthy sex. Because That's- I mean, because if you're eating healthy. You're obviously leaner. You're feeling better about yourself. That affects confidence, and there you go. Yeah. I mean, you want to feel good. You want to look good. Like, it all ties in together. I mean, processed foods and sugar really affects people's emotions and their, oh, and, their, sure. and, their and their energy levels. And so, okay, there you go, Lenny. Get up. <laughs> I, will say, I will say this, though. <laughs> I'm doing this uh, this cleanse right now, and so it's – um. It's the a meal service plan is being delivered to my house like a couple times a week, and uh, I'm it's like very rigid ingredients, very limited in the ingredient list, and I've just been eating nothing but this food for about a week and a half. And <laughs> last night, I was talking about food impacting your mental health. I was laying on the couch. And I was so hungry and I wanted dinner and I was thinking about all the food in my refrigerator from this meal plan and I didn't want to eat any of it. And I was like, fuck it. And I got up and I went to Chipotle and I had chips and queso for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Naughty girl, you. (laughs) And I was so happy. (laughs) Uh, it's an it's it's an overtime story time with Sarah. Yeah, but but you see, you guys and gals, Sarah's laughing about it right now. She don't feel bad about it. She just got back on the horse today. That's right. I'm back on the horse today. All right. This uh, letter comes in uh, from Vic from Richmond, Virginia. He says, Professor Sarah, I he goes, I love tits so much. And I know most guys do. Why do we like tits so much? Oh, my God, because they're so amazing. They are amazing, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Why do we love them so much? I mean, I know there's been, like, psychology around it, right? Like, the mother's breast and, you know, that type of thing. Um, So... I don't know the exact reason, but it's just something we're biologically uh, just programmed to really love breasts. Um, do you have a better answer, Glenn? I think that it's uh, you know, like everything else is genetic. It's biologically uh, programmed that that's the source of our sustenance, our early sustenance. And uh, yeah, I mean, even even if your mom, my mom didn't breastfeed me. She just threw in the uh, formula, mm-hmm. which is which is why I love Big Mac so much. I think because <laughs> that, that you talk about a formulaic uh, food, <laughs> Jesus. But regard obviously, we have genetic, uh, natural. Um, what's what's the word? When something's passed down from generation, yeah, just like the tendencies. Yeah, yeah the, the, we have yeah, we have physical a- attributes that are passed yeah. down, but we also have emotional attributes, and one of them would naturally be uh, to like and love uh, the source of life, which is breasts. One of the reasons that they say uh, we kiss. Well, do you know? Do you know the reason they say people uh, enjoy kissing each other? Uh, yeah, so what I've read about that is because um, it actually, like, 
it's been a while since I read it, but something about when you kiss, um, you will become Im like immune to the other person's bacteria. Is that right? I never heard that. that but that's that's plausible. Mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll look that one up. But I remember what I heard from, which is which ties into our love of titties, is because before they had forks and knives and were able to create a food for children uh, to be able to swallow before they could chew themselves, before they had teeth or grew teeth, their mothers would chew the food in their mouth and then put it into their baby's mouth, uh, lip, uh, mouth to mouth. Hmm. Hmm. That I had not heard of. It, that's, that's plausible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll look up the, uh, the other one too that I just mentioned. All right, Bob from Buffalo says, Sarah, my wife's pussy smells awful. Ugh. What should I do? <laughs> what should, well, what should, what she should probably Bob has a bacterial infection and just needs to go on antibiotics for it. So, yeah, um, that happens. You know, it's actually pretty common, but she needs to most likely take some pro uh, take probiotics uh, to keep it healthy, but she may need antibiotics to get rid of the infection. How big a proponent of douching are you? I don't really do anything that like puts stuff internally like that. Mm -mm. <laughs> I like I like my pussy just to be as she is. Um, you know, cock aside, cock and fingers aside, nothing else needs to go in there. And it's, you just use a regular body wash or whatever and just yeah yeah i just like use soap how but i don't like put it up inside my vagina when people ask you about uh, either manscaping or just general uh, pubic care what is your recommendation for that my recommendation or my preference well how about we do your preference first because really that's what we're interested in <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we'll and then we'll hear yeah. your recommendation. I I like hair. I mean, I think it's um just the pheromones that are transmitted through pubic hair. Uh, they're they're attractive. You know, I mean, definitely you need to clean down there, but um, that helps us know who we're attracted to. So I think pubic hair is actually important. Like massive pubic hair, like 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 un uh, hindered, untrimmed. I don't have a problem with being untrimmed. And that's your preference for a guy or a girl? Yeah. Just flat out Bush City. <laughs> Bush City. Really? <laughs> yeah. Th that's interesting. Yep. Where do you think the uh, the trend to not only trim it up, but just go completely bald came from? Well, I mean, it kind of freaks me out. It's like very pre pubescent and it's just like i don't know i don't think it's a very good sign of our mental state if we're expecting people to not have pubic hair um <laughs> it's like adults having sex like you know you should be there should be pubic hair there do you know who the uh, comedian jim norton is no i don't he was uh He's on the Opie and Anthony show back in the day. He's, he's very funny and very filthy. And so he, he, he does a bit about uh, shaving your pubic hair. And he's like, ladies, shave your pubes. And then he feigns a lady's voice. But yeah, but 
then I will look like a 12-year-old. No, first of all, he said pubic hair was a biological evolutionary process because we needed to be warm. We did not have underwear. We did not have clothes. Now we have clothes. Ladies, shave your pubes. And then he goes, yeah, but then I'll look like a 12-year-old girl. And he goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Quite well, but it is funny. Of course it's funny. <laughs> I mean, I, I get the humor, and it's still like, I mean, I just think that it's it's but you, part, you, of the, you, part of the culture that needs to be healed. But I, I, <laughs> I've got a client whose wife refuses to trim at all. Uh-huh. Not her armpit hair. And and she wears a bikini, but the hair is overflowing out the bikini. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I don't have a problem with that. You would find that attractive. Yeah, and I know plenty of guys that do also. A lot of guys are like, oh my God, when I finally see pubic hair, it's so nice. Because they're just like everyone is waxed or trimmed or lasered. And some guys are really excited when they finally get to see some pubic hair. Pubic hair overflowing out a bikini bottom. What's wrong with it? Nothing morally, of course. (laughs) You, You shave your armpits? I do. All right. All right. What's wrong? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, I I didn't used to though. Yeah. I actually for quite a while I didn't shave. Like I didn't wax anything. Like leg hair, uh, pubic hair, underarm hair, nothing. Oh, you really were it. a hippie woo woo person there for a minute. Uh, yeah, I was. I was full on. It was, it was very liberating, too. Even now, like, I wax my legs, but, I mean, I don't really give a fuck. I usually will, like, wax if I'm going to do a photo shoot or something. And that's probably more for your potential audience than for yourself. Yeah, I don't you, really you, care. You want to freak people And out. I've never had a guy complain, I ever. I have no doubt that that's true. <laughs> never had a single complaint. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you are uh, sleeping much better and that you are reconnecting uh, with your fellow human beings on the planet. That's a very good thing. And uh, what what's in store? What, one of the things that uh, has been a beautiful uh, recent phenomenon is this consistent flow of tantric activation newsletters. Uh, oh, good. Glad you're liking oh, that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it, it, they're beautiful because they're not too long. It takes I'm maybe, maybe two minutes to read. And it's they're chock full of good information, and it's coming in small bites, and that's of course the healthier way to absorb not only food because it builds energy versus having a big Thanksgiving dinner where you want to take a nap immediately after. Information is the same way. When you get information in smaller chunks, it actually builds momentum and builds energy. Yeah, for sure. I uh, last night got a really sweet message from somebody, uh, a man who is a Tantra teacher in Dallas, and I've known him for uh, quite a while, a few, several years. Uh, and he's very appreciative of the work that I do. And he sent me a screenshot of the, the email that I sent out last night to my list. And he was just like telling me, he's like, great job you're totally rocking it he's like i know that you get shit from you know different tantra communities that because what i what i do is very much a modern take on tantra it's like a modern approach to it 
it's like making it actually very sex positive and um, just something that anybody can have. Like you don't have to be a spiritual person. You don't have to subscribe to a certain ideology to practice tantra you know and he's like you're making this uh i think he called it bro friendly or something like that um but it was really nice to to get that affirmation back from him and you know just about how like my my take on this and just being being real with it you know it's like this is this is a way that we can all have a better life we can all have better sex. We can all have more pleasure in our life. And why the fuck not? Life is short. You could even benefit from it if you enjoy trim pubes. <laughs> even if you trim or wax or whatever you do. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what, what, one of the things that, one of the reasons I think it's so powerful is because you are expressing within your own discipline and within your own experience and knowledge, your own heart. There's only one Sarah Rose on the planet. There's only one that has ever been and ever will be. And you're following your heart versus feeling the peer pressure of staying within a certain guideline. And that, that is really fucking powerful, dude. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and it's like when I created this company, I remember telling my producer at the time, I was like, tantric activation is for guys that watch porn, that go to strip clubs, that talk to um, cam girls. You know, that yes. like the majority of guys that are out there that are sexual beings that, you know, are doing these like <laughs> these sexual acts in most of the time in private in with some sort of shame attached and like i'm just here to to be able to reach everyone like all these guys and just be like hey you can experience sexuality in a shame-free way and you can have a lot of fun you can have a lot of pleasure like life can be really good your sex life can be really good even if it's your sex life with yourself you know and like just a judgment-free zone that's sarah's story and she <laughs> and she's sticking to it <laughs> yes i am